When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to another episode of It's 11, It's 7 for Jamie Fardy, the Leicester City podcast. By Leicester City fans, for Leicester City fans. Tonight we're joined by the old gang. Everyone is here for the end of the season. Uh, Steve, you're up in Aberdeen. How are you? I'm very good, thanks, Mark. Can't complain at all. And uh, yeah, good way to round off the season, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Barry, Billy yesterday. What a game, eh? They, uh, they looked like they were going to take the title away from Man City and then gave it them back. Nothing straightforward, though. Uh, just standard Villa, unfortunately. Yeah. And Tom, we were there yesterday. How are you, how are you keeping yourself? We were, yeah. Yeah, I'm doing all right. Cheers, mate. Um, as, as Steve said, good result for us. Um, you know, it's, it's left us on a bit of a high at the end of the season, hasn't it? So that's nice. Yeah, it was good to, good to finish that way. And Aidan, how about you? It's been a you you were here on our last show as well, actually, weren't you? So it's two, two in a row for you now. This is like becoming a regular occurrence. It's good to see you. Thanks, Mark. Back to back appearances. Yep, still um, still enjoying that Irish Cup win for Crusaders and my appearance in television, holding up my banners and signs. So uh, yeah, still in love with football for this season, at least. Anyway, no pitch invasion, mate. Uh, no pitch invasion, no, no, I'm, I'm better than that. I'm not a Man City fan. Maybe we'll go on to that, but some pretty Hallian, Hallian-like thuggish, thuggish behaviour at the Etihad yesterday. Pretty poor. be interesting to hear what Barry shocking, has to say yeah. about the attack on his goalkeeper. Yeah, Robin Olsen got a bit of a slap or two, didn't he, Barry, yesterday? Yeah, a couple of slaps, but it seems to be a, a horrible trend that's coming back. It needs to yeah. stop. Well, we were obviously a bit of a dead rubber yesterday, but the probably one of the largest security presences that we, I think we've ever seen there, Tom. Probably even when you go back to when we when we won the thing. It was bizarre, really, wasn't it? Yeah, they, they kept bringing out more and more security uh, around, around the, the edge of the, 
edge of the pitch. And we, we were just looking at them thinking, what are you expecting from us? Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't know why it was so high profile, but there you go. You should have Whether seen it as a challenge. Yeah, we had a, well, I wouldn't have gone very far at all. Uh, we, we, <laughs> we, uh, we had a bit of a highlight when one of the stewards went to get over the electronic barrier and just completely went head over the tit over it. It was, it was a good moment. That. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty nice. But listen, a few weeks ago on our last show, we sat here, we were 14th in the league. We just lost to Everton at home 2-1. Uh, and we've, we've picked 10 points up from 12 since then, Steve, finishing 8th in the league. How did you rate yesterday's game as a, as a spectacle to close it off? Oh, I, the first half was awful, wasn't it? It was just an awful game of football, the first half. Um, I, I don't think there was an attempt on target, was that We had a couple of efforts blocked. Vardy didn't look on his game um, when when he did have a half chance. Um, but then the second half was great, wasn't it? Once Madison scored very controversial goal, which I didn't realise watching it at the time, um, what all the fuss was about. Um yeah, we looked in complete control and um, great to see Perez uh, net a couple the way that he did. Um, but for me, he's not done enough still, but uh, good game in the end for us. Yeah, probably go as far as, as an echo in that time. Would you say the first half was really something that, that wasn't particularly any good? That first goal at the time, we didn't really know what all of the fuss was about in there, did we? We thought it was something to do with uh, that was not kicking the ball back. But actually what happened was that Southampton had the ball when, when play was stopped. So right. it shouldn't have been given back to Leicester. And right. There was a bit of a, a furore, weren't there, from the, from the Saints players? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was it was quite weird, really, wasn't it? Because there were so many stoppages in that second half. Uh, you know, it took 20 minutes for the game to sort of get going again, which was just bizarre. Um, but yeah, all the players were fully kicking off. Um, as you say, we were at the other end of the pitch, so we didn't really see much of, um, much of the, the issues, but that certainly got the, uh, the players and the fans riled up for it. Didn't, didn't it? Yeah. Obviously, Barry, you weren't watching the Leicester game yesterday. You were watching the, uh, title decided, but have you caught up on the goal since? The Leicester ones? Yeah. Yeah. I saw that today. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, don't, I kept what they're saying about that being a contentious goal, but Southampton had many different opportunities to deal with that, didn't they, before it ended up in the back of their, their net. I think Lianco, the number four, had a bit of a nightmare. Yeah, I think so. I think um, the, from what I, what I saw, I tried to watch extended ones on YouTube. Um, it, they, they just didn't look at it at all. It was more... Leicester weren't playing to their full potential to score the goals. Southampton just, I think, stayed the season for them. They didn't... I, I was expecting like a goal fest from both teams so I thought Southampton are very stagnant now and they have players that are desirable but I don't, they don't seem like a club that players want to go to um, and they could, they could be in bang trouble next year because I could see well there's, there's one player in particular I think that you guys should go after um, but we can talk about that no nope, it's in a, in a different part of the, the show but yeah no it's not him you couldn't afford him anyway oh, okay. Okay. Southampton. Yes. Right. I think okay. there's one. There's one player in your their team that would savagely improve your team if you joined. Okay. So I'll keep. I'll keep we'll you on to that a bit later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Going back to, to the point, Aidan, around that first goal, I think Ralph Passenbuchel was saying afterwards that he believed Leicester should have let Southampton walk an equaliser in. I think all hell would have broke loose inside the King Power Stadium if that had happened. Yeah, of course it would. And it, I think it's a little bit different in that, as you say, the date of the chance, you know, the, certainly the ball was turned over to, but, you know, it wasn't like right the next second that was scored. You know, the, it was Lianco who who didn't, who, you know, who didn't deal with the situation properly, um, poor, poor heading skills. And really, when you've got Jamie Vardy around, you know that Vardy's going to run in behind. Um, so it was their own making, you know, yes, things, things like that happened, but, um, and it was unfair at the time, but I don't think you can, you can then let, let Leicester or let Southampton walk one in. Um, it was of their own doing as well. I should have cleared it out. Uh, just a, a quick note on James Madison as well, Aidan, while, while I'm having a chat with you there. That was his 18th goal in all competitions uh, yesterday and 12 assists as well. He got another assist. How good has he been since November? If you remember back in November, he was getting booed on as a substitute at that stage. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a hell of a turnaround, isn't it? Yeah, he was kind of, dare I say, he was almost getting booed in this show. At times, not by me, but... Um... You know, no, I, I was. Know. I would like to remind everyone. I was a voice saying, "Need to give the guy time. Need to stick with him, and and the, we'll reap the rewards." Um, but no, he's been brilliant. Um, he, he's been really, really good. Um, I didn't get to watch the match yesterday. I, I was relying on the match of the day highlights last night, and they highlighted him. Ian Wright and Alan Shearer um, highlighted him as as you know being very close to to getting a start in the England in the England squad and just being a brilliant number ten. Um, and highlighted some of his passing yesterday. Um, but even, we're, I know we're going to think later on about goal of the season and even looking at some of the goals that he's put away, both from free kicks um, and certainly for me, one of, one of the top goals was that one at Anfield. Um, he's been really Ooh. quality and that's a real, something really bright from our season and hopefully um, we, can, we can build around him and, and go forward in, in the next season, seeing him carry that form on. I said to Tom yesterday, Steve, that I found that Everything good that we were doing was coming through James Madison. Sometimes it feels a bit wasted out on the right-hand side. When he drops back into to midfield, he, he's really sort of controlling the game from that point. How can he be ignored now as part of that England call? Because there's a squad coming out next week. Uh, it's surely got to be in that. Well, you would think so with 30 goals and assists in a season. And after starting so poorly, I mean, I, I was one of the people that thought he should be dropped he was like a passenger in the early two or three months of the season but to come back and get 30 goals and assists and play the way he has done um he's been pivotal for for Leicester and uh the only reason he could get ignored is because against Southgate I think um Mm -hmm. uh, certainly not on form and statistics or numbers is it I wouldn't have thought so. No, he doesn't score many tappings like uh, he got on yesterday either, does he? It's normally uh, outside the box. I think he's got more goals from outside the area uh, than anyone else since he started in the Premier League. So that tells you how good his quality is. Yeah, overtook Ward Prowse, didn't he? Um, beginning of the season, I think. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, Barry, we did a um, poll on our Facebook page for the player of the season. I know we were after the actual official player of the season award. So maybe it's skewed a little bit. I've got to put in this, the names in this for, for contenders and I've got as far as Madison and Dewsbury all and thought beyond that, it's really difficult to, to name anyone. But James Madison has come out on top with around 60% of the, 63% of the votes 
Uh, is that is that a fair assessment of his season? I think so. I think um, just because how how much how influential he was. I was with I was with Steve. I I thought he was he had to be dropped and um, he was hindering you more than helping. But um, yeah, the the turnaround has been phenomenal. Uh, his goals have been outstanding. His assists have been outstanding. And even when he has been out in the right, it, it, it isn't his strongest position, but he's always part of the game and and very rarely not getting on the ball. And what I liked about him certainly the last probably the last two months, three months, he's because he's calling for the ball. That wasn't happening before. He wants to go. And, he wants to go and get it. He wants to, he, he, his confidence is sky high just now. Um, yeah, so absolutely deserves it for sure. I think I'm right in saying as well, since we sat down last time, that's a, a goal against Norwich, a goal against Watford, one at Chelsea and one at uh, the weekend as well. It's almost come at a bad time for the season to stop for, for Madison, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, a bit of a shame really, because as you, as you said, he he was on a bit of a flyer before and um, obviously with the injury and stuff um, last season, it kind of fell off the wagon a bit with it and it's took him a while to get to get into it again. Um, yeah. But yeah, wicked performance yesterday. I mean, you, you could even see in the first half that he, as as you've said, Mark, he was the driving force, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he looked good on the right as well. Um, I know we don't often like him out on the wing, but it, he looked good for me. Um, and some of the some of the crossfield passes that he was playing towards Barnes were sensational. Mm-hmm. Oh, outside of yeah. the right foot, curling, yeah. and he was just supreme yeah. confidence. I think it? it's it's just a shame that Barnes hasn't quite managed to match the quality mm. that that Madison's putting on the pitch now. Mm. I'm going to challenge that as well. I know we, it's not all about stats, but you look at Harvey Barnes this season. He's third in the whole league for assists this season. He's got ten assists. <laughs> in his name, six <laughs> goals as well. Uh, it's not a bad bad season, is it, Aiden, for for Harvey Barnes? No, I was gonna. I was gonna ask that question. You know, could you could you therefore say that it's a bad season for him? No, I don't. I don't think it's been a brilliant season. But but as you say, statistically, it it hasn't been a bad season either. Um, and you know, he's still still. Can you say? I mean, could you say he's still developing? I suppose you'd like to think he's in the latter stages of development in terms of becoming what we want him to, to be. But um, you know, he hasn't been around for for a, a huge number of seasons. Um, so now I, I think you can't be too critical um, of of him. Um, and again, playing in a, in a team whose form was was quite up and down. And you know, I was looking um, at the Premier League. You know, as you, the little graphic that takes you along the the number of games played and the, the league position. And um, really, it was it was such a mid mid table season for us. You know, we were kind of between that eighth place and probably down to thirteenth or fourteenth for the, for most of the season. Um, and, and with that, you know, we've, we've, had, we've been hot and cold, you know. Um, so to be in a team that that hasn't been like it was the previous year, where we finished fifth and, and won the cup, um, yeah, I think I think Barnes has, has done okay, has done done well um, in that, and and hopefully, if if we can raise our levels next year, I think he'll raise them with us, and, he, and he'll be he'll continue to improve. Yeah, let's hope so. It was a great assist for the second goal yesterday, Barry, as well. He got the ball deep inside our own half, nutmegged one of their players and played a, a real shot ball into Vardy, who's obviously gone on and done the rest from there, which is a simple way of saying that because he tore their defender a new one whilst doing it. But 
Uh, good bit bit of play by Barnes, but how good was the finish from Jamie Vardy? Yeah, just all around it was pretty sexy. Um, I just I, I just hope they they can come at the start of the next season fit um, yeah. because they do link up well. Uh, but like Barnes was, if it, I think it was one of the uh, one of the sessions coming up, but this this the standout players of the season and that he if he did it in halves, he would definitely be the standout guy in the first half first half mm. of the season. Yeah, uh, just a shame his injuries and whatnot, and it took him we but we well to get back. But it's like Tom said, if if you can get him up to that standard, like he shows it, and you, you kind of almost believe he's got it. He's, he's a bit like Bale, physique wise and pace wise, and you know, granted, he's nowhere near that like peak Bale anyway. But he could get he could get close to it. I think if you can get over this confidence thing, where if he has a, a couple of bad touches early in the game, he just seems to be that's him. Just can't get his confidence back up. It's it's like a mental strength thing, I think, with him. And and like realistically, Rogers is probably one of them guys I would have I would have pinpointed to being able to bring bring a player out of that for sure. Some interesting comments by uh, Brendan Rogers yesterday, Steve. I heard after the game, so he, he was uh, he was almost at a, a passive aggressive level really around the criticism that his team have faced this season. He said, "Look, we're finished eighth. You have to look at the resources of everyone around us." Um, my players had a lot of criticism for how they've they've been playing. Uh, it gives me the impression of a man that's a, a bit peeved with how the season's gone, but he's, he's backing the lads all the way. Yeah, I, I suppose yeah. so. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, it's been a funny season because, you know, we end up with 10 points out of 12, score a hat full of goals, finish eighth, pride of the Midlands again. Yeah, and... Barry, shall we stop there a second? Yeah. That's eight seasons in a row now since we got promoted. We finished above the the mighty Aston Villa. I, I've I've got no answer to that. No answer <laughs> to be to fair, that. though, I'll come back to you, Steve. But me and Tom watched a documentary on uh, when they conquered Europe in nineteen eighty two. On oh, it was horrendous, night, didn't we? Yeah, it was on the. <laughs> well, honestly, did it was on the it was on the History Channel. I think. Sorry, Steve. Carry on. <laughs> well, you know, so you can look at the end of the season and think, oh, we did. You know. We got uh, the Community Shield, semi-final of a European competition, top eight. First time I think we've been in the top half five successive seasons, at least in the Premier League, but it might even be in Division One. We've never been that consistently a top half team in the in the top division, and uh, and we had all those injuries. But I look back at all the missed opportunities. I mean. We were six points behind a poor Man U, right? And um, was it four points behind West Ham? Yeah. And I think of the Spurs game and the West Ham game, Newcastle, Wolves, Man United. when we were winning, yeah. Uh, uh, and then poor games. like we're, You know, most of us went to see the draw with Villa. I mean, Villa were hopeless that, were, that day and we were just as bad. But Everton at home. We have the opportunities to still get through and challenge for Europe. So um, despite how we've ended the season, there's a little bit of a, uh, you know, something about a missed opportunity. And look at Florist in the Cup. We were awful. So we have put in some awful, awful performances in the season, despite all of that. So you think we've, uh, we've wiped that day at Nottingham out of our memory, by the way, Steve, so you don't need to have a... Mention that again. I'm hoping what, that they don't day? get up next. What day? Yeah, I'm, hoping that, I'm hoping they don't get up next week because uh, I don't fancy another away day there after <laughs> after that one. 
Uh, is, is that fair then, uh, Aidan, would you say? Do you, how do you rate the season as a whole? We'll come back to the game yesterday uh, as, as we're talking about different things, but has has it masked over the, the problem a little bit? I w- wonder if these last four games have potentially kept Brendan Rodgers in a job and kept the fans on side a little bit because 14th place to finish in there would have been not seen as a, a good season by any stretch of imagination. Now on paper, you look at it and go, it's, it's not that bad. Yeah, I think... I think there's truth. There's a bit of truth in in, in both that, um, as you say, we've got ten points in the last twelve. So, you know, we've got a, a good away point at Stamford Bridge. In that, um, you know, we've we've had some good victories. You know, thinking back to the game back in um, September October time, was it when we beat Manchester United at home? And you know, there's some good moments. Um, but we've had there's been some poor games, and I think there, you know, just on this podcast, following the team this season, there's been weeks that we've we've kind of logged in and been pretty despondent. All of us, you know, well, maybe apart from Barry, like, but we've been pretty pretty bad, you know. And, and you know, very recently speaking about whether we we part company with Brendan Rodgers, despite him, you know, obviously winning the winning the FA Cup for us last year and two fifth place finishes. Um, so yeah, I, I think another big disappointment when you think back to it is. You know, as we went into the Europa League, um, we us and Napoli were were the top two favourites to win the competition. Well, we we didn't get through the group stage. You know, we dropped we dropped out of the Europa League, um, and I think some of our yeah some of our performances in that in the group stages just weren't weren't good enough. We're disappointing against you know the the um, Eastern European teams especially, um, and I would yeah I would love to see a better performance from us um, in that. You know, then again, you go to Eindhoven and you win in the Conference League, um, and you know make make progress to get to the semi final. Um, again, a bit disappointing to go to Rome and, and not really, not really feel that maybe you've been as good as you could be. And you know, back to that game at the Olympico where things seemed to be breaking down for us in the final third, and we just didn't quite have the quality. So yeah, it's been an up down season. It's lacked a bit of. Sure, we won the Community Shield, but we weren't in the fight, really. It seemed for a long time we weren't in the fight for a Europa League place in the league, even. Um, and for a while, we've kind of known or felt that we've been out of contention for, for qualifying for Europe through through the league, or it's felt that way, you know. So maybe the last four games, as say, have papered over the cracks a bit and have given a bit of a false look, you know, because league-wise, you know, it wasn't that long ago, even on this show, that we were saying, hey, could we be getting dragged into a relegation battle? And, and although it was unlikely and it hasn't happened, it you know it certainly wasn't off the cards. So yeah, you know we left the Community Shield in the first game of the season, and, and kind of we end up with a very respectable position. But there's been a lot of a lot of disappointing days in there and disappointing spells, um, and that's been reflected in what we've talked about in this show. Absolutely, um, you know something that keeps coming up. I've listened to the radio Leicester podcast on the way back last night and Matty Piper was talking about the injuries that Leicester faced over the course of the season and actually you know when you look at where it had gone wrong this season it places it's quite obvious it says sometimes actually it's harder if you don't know where you've gone wrong uh, set pieces have been our Achilles heel this season Tom that they've been a, a bit of a disaster for us but with a fit squad now and knowing that that's the issue does that give us more hope for next season? You'd certainly like to think so. I mean, again, yesterday there were cheers coming from the fans when we managed to um, get away with the corner without the ball going in. And, <laughs> you know, it's not really what 
you, you want the home crowd to be doing. You know, we don't want to go into next season and and it be a miracle that the ball stayed out of the net. Um, but yeah, I mean, you'd you'd like to think that with this rebuild, um, I mean, God knows what we're going to do. I don't know where I don't know where the money's coming from and who who's planning on staying and going. But you'd like to think that we've got time now to really put a plan in place. Um, use these players that that have recovered from their injuries and and that appear to be kicking on quite well um, and and fix the issues. Yeah. Uh, Has expectation raised too high, do you think, Steve, now? You know, listen to Brendan yesterday, he's talking about Newcastle and West Ham, Aston Villa, sides that have got a lot more money than we've got to spend. Uh, And he said, you know, outside of that top six, we've got, all of those resources, you're sort of going for the best of the rest, which is essentially where, where we finished. Is it just the way that we've played at points this season that's made it a little bit disappointing or are we where we deserve to be? I, I think um, if if we'd given it our all in uh, every game or most of the games, I think you could say, well, we couldn't do any better than that. I don't think we have. Yeah, we've been unlucky with injuries, you know, Fafana and Evans and Didi, Vardy, uh, all really important players and miss huge chunks of the season. And um, and that hasn't helped. And then we've had players coming back from injury, trying to get fit. That might have led to some of the uh, goals conceded. But it'll be very interesting what happens in the summer. They've got to freshen it up. He says we're not aggressive enough at attacking corners or defending corners. And you think with Cags getting dropped for the last uh, couple of months of the season that, he could be on his way, supposedly. Um, I think so. Do, do you think yeah. so? I yeah, think he I, will, I, yeah. I think the links come out today with Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid from somewhere, yeah. um, which is a cra- crazy link to come out. But um, th- the feeling there is that we'll be able to recoup around £35 million for Kaglasiumachi, which is a huge amount for your fourth-choice centre-back, isn't it? Yeah, and if Yuri goes as well, I know we won't get as much for him because he's entering his last year of his contract, but even if we got 30 for him, you know, that's a fair sum of money to start spending. And I think some of the peripheral players will go as well. We'll talk about that, no doubt, a bit later. But you never know. He could have he could have 80, 90, 100 million to spend plus whatever the board might want to invest on top of that. You never know. Yeah, myself and Barry were talking before we came on air about James Tarkovsky, who's obviously been relegated with Burnley. Uh, he's got the most amount of blocks in the league, and uh, I think he was, he was up there for another stat as well. There, not sure if it was headed clearances, but he's certainly someone that's going to be in demand, isn't he, Barry? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, it's just because he's free, though. So I think like I, I was reading today that he's he's some sort of like amazing ball player, but. Dice and Jackson didn't allow him to play that. So if that is the case, like if he, if he is actually good on the ball as well, then I could understand like why. But realistically, it's teams are buying him for the fact he's free, he's English, and if he wants to have a, a season or possibly two seasons, they'll make a bit of money on him. I'm I know I know the Villa's in for him. I don't I don't think he's an upgrade on our defense. So. It would just be a squad player. And I, I think there's opportunity for a club that would play him every week to go in and pounce on that. But it's just, unfortunately for Leicester, like Leicester would be a perfect fit for him in my eyes. I just don't know if he'll match the wages that someone like Newcastle or us could do, unfortunately. 
Yeah, it's supposed to be a 120 grand a week. He's uh, he's asked for. That's the rumor. Uh, it's probably, that's probably a little bit rich for for our blood, if I'm honest. That's Jamie Vardy level of pay, and uh, you're not getting that coming as a not for a defender that's just got relegated. Yeah, not it's probably for, four not times what he was on at Burnley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's just, just what I've read. So it's pro- it's probably not not truth there. Anyway, sorry, going back to yesterday, Tom. Jamie Vardy scores his 15th league goal of the season. Uh, right on cue, the uh, fans of the opposition at Southampton were chanting, Jamie Vardy, your wife is a grass. Uh, <laughs> he goes down the other end, scores, runs up to the halfway line and points to the name on the back of his shirt. It's beautiful to see, isn't it? That's exactly what you want to see from Vardy, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's highlights that, 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 that well, we'd, we'd go anyway, but, you know, it's, it's what we're there for. Um, yeah, and and on a relatively dull season at the KP, it's it's definitely moments like that that you that you're excited about. Um, I think I think we'd said the other day as well that um, you know he's, Vardy's been out for a fair amount of the season as well, and to to recoup that many goals, uh, I know you know some have been from penalties, but he's he's done all right for us. No, he hasn't got a penalty this year. Has he not? I don't think. Don't Tillemans, we've not had many penalties, have we? Yeah. Tillemans has t- took whatever we have had. He's probably given away twice, but we'll come on to that <laughs> soon as well. Uh, how important, Aidan, is it for us to have Jamie Vardy fit and firing at the beginning of next season? Um, I, I think it's it's vital for, you know, if, if he's going to be our main man... Um, and unless we bring someone in, then then I still feel that he is for sure. And then yeah, absolutely, we we need him um, sharp and we need him fit. I think some at times this season, despite his 15 goals, you know, coming with with injuries and coming in and out, he hasn't been as sharp as as we've needed him to be. I think we saw that again at the at the Stadio Olimpico. Um, things that maybe another times if he's a bit sharper, he would have put away. He didn't that night, and just that that could be the difference. Um, could have been the difference, and and yeah, we sure, certainly if he's our main man, which which I believe he still will be, um, we need him really sharp to to be putting away those those chances in the big games, um, against top opposition where you maybe only get one or two chances, and um, I think we need that sharpness, um, and you only get that split split second to, to make a decision and 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 put the ball in the back of the net, um, absolutely, yeah. I mean, he's only had fifty four shots this season. I'm just going through his stats at the moment. And when you take that into consideration, it's really quite sharp finishes. I'm looking at Son, who finished top of the golden boot. He had uh, 83 shots on, on target. Ronaldo finished second, third, sorry. He uh, he had 110 shots. So Vardy's been a lot more economical with his finishing. He's scored quite a few goals this, this season from not that many shots. Barry, do you still see him as one of the top strikers in the, in the Premier League? Or do you, see, do you see that he's starting to... Not fade away because no one ever wants to think of that. But can we have another season at the top level for us? I guess where I'm going with this is he's 17 goals now behind Michael Owen in that 10th place on the all-time goal scorer. It's Michael Owen that said he's not a natural finisher. And um, do you think he's got that in him next season to hit those goals? Yeah, I do. I, I think yesterday kind of showed that he still had the pace. He still he still has the um, the ruthlessness. He still. A bit, a bit of a jakey and a bit sneaky and yeah, like <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm all I'm all for him getting up to Owen's level. I'm all for that. I think he's I think he's brilliant, and I think if Daka, I think Daka showed enough to um, go into his second season that he can be there 
when Vard- Vardy can't be. Um, and yeah. that, I think that I think that'll only help Vardy as well. Vardy will want to play every week, but he'll understand his body's going to tell him no a few times, and at least he'll have the confidence knowing that Daka could come in and do a decent enough job instead of him. He's got the lowest yeah. minutes per goal, I think, Vardy out of all of them this season. Yeah, I think he has. I think you're right. Um, it, I think the the counterbalance to that stat is he scored them against the uh, the bottom sort of five, isn't it? Um, yeah. He stat padded a little bit against them, but it's still something that I don't know, Tom, if I can speak for you when I say it's when he scores now, you know, there's not that many left to come and it feels a little bit more special. And when he puts the defender on his bum, like he did yesterday and slides <laughs> it in so calmly, it really is something quite beautiful. Yeah, it, it was a lovely goal yesterday, really. Um, yeah, yeah, as, you, as you've said, we're, we're not, you know, it pains us to say it, but we're not going to see five seasons out of him are we he's you know we'll probably get a couple out of him so um i mean i'll, I'll be looking really to see who who does take up the mantle of, of taking his place um i think you know the jury's still out there a bit on uh on dakar or ian Acho or if ian Acho is even going to be around next season you're going to be fuming if he's not aren't you i am yeah yeah he's uh he's a personality isn't he around around the stadium all right, me old. Yeah, yes, he really is. Can I ask, just to, just to put a question then, you know, we, we, we've mentioned, and I, I love Jamie Vardy, massive fan, but we have mentioned that maybe maybe a few too many of his goals or more of his goals have come against um, weaker teams in the division. Obviously, he's been in and out with injury. If those injury problems are going to continue, is Jamie Vardy's presence at the club a block to, to bring in in? Uh, a, a really t- another top top quality striker, and um, who's maybe say in his mid twenties and and maybe doesn't have the same same injuries. Is it going to be hard for maybe both in terms of paying Vardy's wages, but also, um, you know, is, is someone else going to going to be able to come in or feel comfortable coming in or, or going to be attracted to come in? And um, if with Vardy still there, and therefore, are we are we shooting ourselves in the foot a bit by by sticking with Jamie? Well. Um, I've talked for myself when I come on to you guys. I, I don't see a striker being on our radar at all this this summer. Uh, I, I think potentially Kalecchi and Acho might go. If he does, then I think Perez might stay because he's that third option for us. But I think the the plan is to get Patson Dakar up to speed over the next twelve months. And uh, yeah. I, I think the the long term project is that he's still going to be the man to take over. I think he's had some unfair criticism this season, Patson Dakar. His chances have been limited and. Yeah, I think he's done fairly well. He scored some goals. I mean, we we hear behind us at the ground, Tom, some uh, uh, light abuse aimed at him every time he miscontrols the ball or he's not in the right position. Uh, I don't know. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, well, uh, well, one thing I, I, uh, this year he might have, Vardy might have scored against the bottom clubs, but it, no one scored more goals against the big six since he's been in the Premier League than Jamie Vardy. So he's. He's well used to scoring against the big clubs. Just this season, I think he's been out for most of those games. Mm. Um, uh, and I, I think it's very difficult for a player like Dakar in a first season, especially when you've got someone like Vardy there. I'm hopeful he'll come into his own next year. I think he lost his confidence in the second half of the season, Dakar, because he started scoring goals. Um, and I'm hoping that he'll come good. And 
maybe having Vardy there is a bit of an issue, but I think everyone knows he's on his last legs. He's not going to play every game. I think the fact that Rogers tends to play one up front might also hinder us in getting a, a good striker in. But like Mark, I think Dakar could come good next season. Guys, we'll finish discussing yesterday's game at the halfway point. Now we'll come back onto it. Uh, we've got the return of last man standing as well for the last last show of the season. I thought I'd uh, do one myself uh, and keep my undefeated crown for the season. Um, so Leicester have played 58 games in all competitions this season. It's the most they've ever played in any season uh, outside the Premier Division. And what I want to know from you is who have we played the, in a cup competition? So we've played 22 games in cup competitions this season. So no, we've played 20 in cup competitions this season. Obviously not against 20 different opponents, but we're going to do a bit of a last one standing and see if we can recall those, uh, those games. We'll start with you, Tom. So this is any competition that's not the Premier League. Yeah, I'm going to go Forest. Let's get that one out of the way quick. <laughs> Do you think they'll go up on Saturday, Forest? I think there's a bloody good chance. Yeah, yeah, I, so. mm. yeah I think they will. Oh, I've never heard the end of it. The one day. <laughs> European Cup, you know, in 1979. We'll have to give them a good we uh, double stuff in. We we'll watched the documentary, didn't we, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, Barry, I'm coming to you next. Uh, PSV. Yes. Aidan? Stade René. I love how you got the pronunciation as well. Rens. <laughs> Steve? Um... Napoli. Yeah. Back to you, Tom. Uh, I'm going to go Warsaw. Which yeah. one? I thought, you said War- I thought you said Warsaw then. No, sorry. <laughs> Legia Warsaw. Yeah. Yeah, we'll go for That's- that. <laughs> Randers Manders. Randers Manders. That is right. 7 2 on aggregate. 2 contenders for goal of the season in that game from uh, James Manson away. Hayley? AS Roma. That's correct. Down to the last six now. This could be... We could complete this. If you complete this, I'd be so proud of you. Steve? Um, In the cup, Watford, I think. Correct. 4-1, I think, was that as well. We scored four... Against Watford Manieri. three times yeah. this season. That's mm. the first time in our history uh, that we've ever scored four against the same team three three times in the season. That's my little fact for you for that one. Tom? Was it CSKA Moscow? No. Bollocks. <laughs> but no cigar. Barry? Uh, I, I stab in the dark. Uh, Sophia. Where's your Sophia? No. Come on then, Aidan and Steve. Aidan, you first. Uh, Liverpool Football Club. Yeah, goal of the season contender in that game from James Madison. Uh, congratulations to Liverpool. <laughs> Said no one ever. Uh, Steve? I'm struggling now other than uh, to correct Tom and say Spartak Moscow. Uh... Yeah, you can have that. Of course, they got kicked out of the competition shortly afterwards. Yeah. Uh, and... And missed a penalty to send us through, I think, in the, the last minute against Napoli, didn't they? Yeah. 
Yeah. Aiden, back to you. Three left to go. Manchester City. All, yeah, good man. So these are all uh, uh, domestic now. Steve? There's a lower league club, and I can't think who it was. I'll say Luton Town. No. No, close, but no cigar. Probably about 30 miles away, I think. Oh. Go on then, uh, Aidan. I've won. Yeah, you have. Still still two left. Only if you get this one right. No, no way. No way. It's a draw. I've won. Two League Cup games. Two League Cup games. We played someone on the South Coast. 30 miles from Luton. Might, might not be 30 miles. I might have just made that up. Someone's going to listen to this and Google map it and then tweet me. I can feel it. <laughs> uh, right. So, team, Roy, Winston, Roy Winston might support. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. Millwall in the third cup of the, the third round of the League Cup. I think that was a 2 0 or 2 1 victory. Adam Ola Luckman scored his first goal for the club and Ian Acho scored the other. And then Brighton at home on penalty. I was at that Brighton play. match, for example. I thought yeah, you were. That That's the one I got, I got done for drink driving afterwards. <laughs> do you uh, want to clarify that? Or no. <laughs> <do you> just <laughs> I passed. I didn't feel my, my, my um, breathalyzer, but I learned a, a lesson and I'm a much wiser young man for that experience now. Yeah, young man might be uh, pushing it a little bit. All right. But, all yeah, right. I, I get the sense of them. And so driving like a drunkard when you're sober, it's nothing to shout home about. <laughs> There's a story there. If anyone wants to tweet me, I'll direct message you and let you know all about Aiden's secrets. Um, we'll move on from that. Uh, yesterday then, Jose Perez came off the bench. Tom, you had mentioned earlier on in the game that you felt that you still wanted to see a little bit more from Perez. He came and did a really good job again yesterday. He did, yeah, yeah. Um when he comes off the bench, I mean, he always seems to link up play quite well. Um, perhaps Rogers hasn't um, had enough praise, really, for when he's brought him on in the past. But, um, yeah, nice to see Perez get a couple of goals. And it, it just goes to show, you know, he, he doesn't play a lot of games. He still gets a lot of stick from the fans. But when he does play, he seems to make an impact. Yeah. And he certainly did yesterday. Lovely ball from... James Madison from the left almost taking the uh, taking the defenders out of it. It was a run in the middle from Vardy that took them away, and uh, and there he was at the far post for the first one. Steve to to took it on the half line. It was the sharp goal, wasn't it? It was because it was a high ball, and he had to leap to get over it and keep it down. It was a it's a very good finish. Both great finishes um, from Perez, and we know he can do that. And he seems to score for fun against Southampton, doesn't he? He does. I think he scored something like eight goals in, in four or five games against him now. Got a hat trick for Newcastle, a hat trick for us, and another two two yesterday. So, yeah, yeah. he certainly certainly does. Barry, how do you see uh, Jose Perez's future? Is it at Leicester City, or do you think you could see him at a, a lower Premier League side? Uh, not like Aston Villa. I'm not going to say that. Like uh, I don't know, maybe Fulham or someone like that that's coming up and get a regular game. I don't see. I don't see it in England. Um, if there was ever going to be a move, it's maybe something like Spain, Portugal. Um, 
I think he might stay and fight. I think I think there's going to be a, a, like a bit of a clear out, and I, I think he's going to get more opportunities than you think. Because, like Tom said, I think at the start of the season he we were probably slaughtering him a wee bit, but the tail end, whenever he's came on, he's always done well and been influential. So yeah, it, it depends if he's happy. If he's happy with what he's getting, um, I, I, he just doesn't seem the sort of guy that would scream, "I want to be the big fish." And he could be that third choice striker if we sell one in the summer as well next season because he can he can play that role. We obviously yeah. don't need I don't think we maybe need as many players in the squad next season with no European football. Uh, Aiden, he did get man of the match yesterday. He's voted on the BBC having come on for his half hour cameo. Do you know who was who got second on that vote yesterday? I, I was bewildered by this one. You got second in the man of the match vote? No, you need to enlighten me. Yeah, Ricardo Pereira. Huh. Really? And he only played, yeah. what did he play? He only played 20 minutes, yeah? Yeah. yeah. He, he'd set up one he, of the goals, didn't he, I think? He, he, he got an assist for the last goal, yeah. I was at, this, is, this is the BBC viewers that, uh, or, or readers that vote for that, so I was a little bit astonished by it. But mm. Yeah, that was the, the case yesterday. So the, the vote went Perez, Pereira, Madison was third, then Luckman was fourth, and he only played a little bit as well, so... Yeah. I do like Adam Ola-Luckman, though. Uh, Steve, we've got to sign him, haven't we? Talking 14 million quid. To put that into context, that's the difference between finishing 14th to finishing 8th in prize money. Yeah, I think... Uh, yeah, I think at that, that level we should sign him, but um, he's, he's really only going to be back up to Barnes, isn't he? That's the reality. He's different to Barnes, though, isn't he? He is different Barnes to Barnes. Barnes is very much... Better, a... in, better in tighter spaces and whatever. So if we've got... Um, a load block on us and we've got a load of players to get through, he's going to be a, a better option than Barnes. Whereas Barnes, if we're counter-attacking and they're playing a high line with his pace and everything else, I think is more of an advantage, isn't he? So they are different players, but they play, play best, both play best on the on the left. Um, Barry, some news came out about Lutman that Leicester might not be able to fund £40 million for, for that deal. Uh, £267 million in debt the club is at the moment and that's worrying to see that isn't it when you look at the sides that we're competing with uh, yeah unfortunately I wasn't I wasn't aware of that um, like jumping the gun a wee bit I also read today that that boy Cornet for Cornet for Burley's yeah. got the same release cause so if you, if you had that money to spend I'd probably rather go for Cornet he seems he seems a bit more all-rounded and can finish as well mm. We'll take Pope as well while we're there. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. You should have. You should be trying to get Pope. hundred percent. Yeah. Do what I don't get about the the criticism for Pope. I don't kind of jump in ahead a little bit, but let's just talk about it now. Um, people talk about his his kicking his distribution, but he's been asked to lump the ball long, so his distribution is going to be worse than someone that passes it out five yards from the from the back, isn't it? It's a bit of a strange one for me, but I really like Nick Pope. Yeah, he's, and he's not that bad. Like, uh, arguably better than Gaspar. Um, he he was pinging the ball about against us. I thought he did he did all right. Like he saved them the game. Um, I I think he's a great goalkeeper. I I'm and should be England's number one in my opinion because yeah, who cares if you keep your knocks up in the back? Like I I just don't care. I just don't. I don't need it. I don't want it. I don't need the stress. I think he's a miles Look better goalkeeper than. Look how our first goal came about yesterday. Just a nice route one 
football and they got in behind there. It was, it was quite nice to, to see. Um, Ada, I didn't get the impression that Kasper Schmeichel was going to be leaving, actually. I know there's been a bit of talk around that uh, in the media, but having spoke to, not having spoke to him personally, having read what he had to say yesterday, uh, he was talking about next season and how we've got more to give and how it's going to be a better season for us next season. That's not the talk of someone that's going somewhere, is it? No, no. And I don't know, you know, at, at Kasper's stage of stage of his career and stuff, of course, as a goalkeeper, you got a bit longer, but I'm not sure that there's there's loads of better options for him out there, is there? Um, unless he was to go to a European club to get Champions League football. But um, yeah, I, I don't I don't know that there's a load of great options out there for Casper. I think he's probably wise to, to stick with Leicester City um, and, and yeah. you know, further cement his place as a, as a club legend. So I'd be pleased um, to hear, hear him stand. Of course, we've spoken so much about his strengths and his weaknesses on this show this season. Um, but I, I think he's had he's had an OK season. A goalkeeper that we will speak about, Steve, certainly early next season, he'll be in around the squad, will be Daniel Ederson, uh, coming back from loan from Preston. It's, it's been spoken from Preston that they think they should Leicester should either sell him or use him because uh, he's getting into an age, I think he's 24, He's been one of the outstanding goalkeepers in the championship this season. Would you like to see him in and around the squad next season? Yeah, I mean, that's another thing, isn't it? Danny Ward's been a good servant, but hardly ever played for us. So should we sell Danny Ward in the in, in the summer and um, have Everson as backup to Schmeichel? After all, he has even made his debut for Denmark this season, hasn't he? Um yeah, I haven't seen enough of him personally, but everything I've read about him says he's a he's a really good keeper. So um, uh, I, I'd like to. I think it'd be a shame if we don't we get someone to that level and and then don't mm. give them opportunities. I have to wonder about the mentality of Danny Ward, don't you? A little bit to go. Is it you know where, where does it come from to be happy to sit on a bench for four four years before he made his first team? his Premier League debut uh, against Watford a couple of weeks ago. Barry, if they get past Scotland, if Scotland beat Ukraine, he's going to have to be playing first-team football, isn't he, if he wants to play in Qatar? Uh, no, I don't think so, because he's, he's got that place. So it, evidently he doesn't. I, I, don't, I, don't think that's, I don't think that's a thing. I think that's a Gareth Southgate thing. No, I don't think any other country worries about it, in particular smaller countries. Um, right. Okay. I I don't think you need to be. I don't think I I I don't think your um, sharpness and awareness in that is really as effective as maybe an outfield player if you're not playing week in week out. That's maybe unfair of me to say that because I'm not a keeper, but I I just don't think that's the case. And I think if he's a true professional and training to push the number one at the club um, to his peak, so he's not getting a game, he must be still doing pretty good. I would say. What do you think to someone sitting on a bench for five years at a time or, you know, even more than that, though? Is that, you talk about professionalism, is that good professionalism or is it a bit worrying that you've got someone that's willing not to play? No, no I, I think in that in that position, you need to have uh, good number twos. You have to, if you want to be an elite club or a club challenging, you need someone that's going to push that keeper to that point. Look at Amy Martinez, who's at Arsenal for 10 years and he didn't, didn't get a game, but uh, well, then that's maybe proving your point. Um, well, I, and, and, and at the same time, like when Ward was at Aberdeen, he was phenomenal for us. Granted, it's a much weaker league, but he was a real quality goalkeeper. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think you should judge like 
there's always going to be a number two. There's always going to be a backup striker. There's always going to be that reserve play. Like, can can you question that? I, I I don't know. I think that some players just have their role and their level at a club, and for him, that's that's his level at that club. That's fair enough. Well, we'll move on. Goal of the season was something we put out there to the uh, to the group as well. So the actual goal of the season for Leicester City went to Yuri Tielemans, uh, his goal against Manchester United, where he. Chip David De Gea from, from 20 yards in our 4-2 victory over them earlier on the season. On our Facebook page, the, the goal was actually given to um, Castagna for his goal against Brentford, the, the award, sorry, should I say. Uh, Aidan, what do you remember about that goal? Yeah, I mean, it was a great strike from outside the box, wasn't it? It Was was it, was it laid back to him or did it, did it come back to him from, from inside the box? Um, and he... he just put his foot through it with certainly with precision and, and accuracy, but um, yeah, very impressive strike for me. I, I would stick personally stick with Tielemans against Manchester United. Um, I feel for, for the game that it, that it was in, but also, um, and it was a bit like in match of the day, they were speaking last night. You know, I, I enjoyed Kovacic's goal for, for Chelsea, uh, um, I, I think against Liverpool, but again, it was a hit, it was a strike. Um, and and the one that the goal that won was Mohamed Salah's goal against um, Man City, which was more of a, uh, you know, he took it round, did a couple of players, um, and for me that Tielemans goal showed a bit more finesse, a bit more, um, a bit more skill than perhaps Castagna's. Um, so yeah, hats off to Castagna, but for me it was Tielemans against Manchester United. Yeah, you could also argue, Steve, that Tielemans at Brentford uh, away was was probably as good as that, if not. Better when he ran onto it on the half volley and smashed it from 30 yards into the, the top corner. So he's, he's possibly unlucky to miss out on the coveted it's 11, it's heaven for Jamie Vardy, goal of the season award. Yeah, a little bit unlucky. Um, yeah, the goal against Brentford was uh, practically as good a hit as the uh, cup final one, wasn't it, really? I mean, uh, cracking goal. Yeah, it certainly was. I, f- I feel like that was goodbye yesterday to Yuri Tillemans. Uh, you've got the feeling that this is now now the end for him. Uh, a few waves to the crowd and all that. Tom, what sort of legacy does he leave behind if he goes this summer? And where would you not want him to go? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously the the uh, the cup final goal is always going to be <laughs> in the memory. Um, he's He's been a great player for us, to be fair. He's... For, I mean, he's not had the best season. Um, some of the performances recently have been lacklustre, but I don't think they'll be. Um, I don't think they'll stick in the memory. Um, I, I suppose you'd sort of say it was similar to Mares. I know. I know a lot of people don't like Mares, but you know, we we watched some of his highlights recently, and my God, what a player! Like some of the skills that he was showing, and and I think Tillemans has. Got a slightly a slightly different um, set of skills, let's say, uh, <laughs> but they've certainly been missed. Um, it's I don't think it's going to be easy to to fill that position that he leaves behind. You could say KDH might be able to fill some of those gaps. I think um, we're going to have to sign some players in there, aren't we? Potentially two central midfielders. I would say yeah. Christian Eriksen's a name that's been mentioned. Tom, uh, could he fill that gap? Yeah, I think so. If you want, if you want a, a player that can spread the ball about like that, um, you know, it's it's something we've missed since um, since Drinkwater went, whoever that fella is now. But... <laughs> get, him, get him back! Get him back! 
Retain Danny. <laughs> I can't believe you just compared Danny Drinkwater to <laughs> generic. That's absolutely classic. Shocking, eh? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I'd, uh, I'd like to see him sign. Arsenal, um, Barry, seem to be the side that have come out of the blocks really going after Yuri, Yuri Tillman. Is, is that a good good move for him if he goes there? I don't know. I think the last time I was on the podcast, I said that he's he's, he's hit a ceiling. I think, and I don't I don't know. Um, I, I like I just don't see. Yeah, I suppose so. Arsenal, because if I'm being honest, he's that type of player. I think he's, he's looked that type of player for the last eighteen months. Um, a bit, a bit weak mind is the wrong word. Lackluster is perfect, actually. That's what what the term. He, he has looked that. He hasn't played well enough to inspire a big top European club to buy him. Arsenal aren't a top European club. Um, does he make them any better? I, no, I don't think so. Um, and is he going to get European football with them? Probably not. Well, well, he has European football, but not like Champions League football with them. I don't know. I, I, he's, he's a bit of an enigma, Yuri. I can understand. And where understand. does he fit? Exactly. I, Arsenal, I just where does he fit with Partey and Odegaard and yeah, players like that? Does he actually get a regular start all of the time? And supposedly... Roger says that he needs to play all the time. He needs to be in rhythm. Yeah. Did he he has to play pretty much every game. He's pretty much played every game for us, isn't he, as, as we've gone through. I think it's yeah. sad that he's, he's likely to go, but again, we need the funds for the, for this rebuild, don't we? So uh, coming on to the rebuild now, it's probably one of the last parts of the show. This hour has absolutely flown by, chaps. Um, but Steve, who, who do you want in this summer? Who's the players on your wish list? I don't, you know what? I, I tend not to build my hopes up and think about it. I read all of the players that are there. Um, more often than not, it's just agent talk or press talk. Um, and we don't end up with them anyway. So we definitely need a right winger. We need a replacement for Tielemans, probably, and somebody else in central midfield. We need... Um, a centre half like Tarkovsky who's good in the air and uh, puts it about. Um, that that would be about it for me. I mean, we should be getting rid of players because we won't have the same fifty-eight match season next season. Well, that's right, but we do need the funds to speculate to accumulate. That's what they say, isn't it, Tom? Have you got have you got your eye on anyone that? Might come in. I guess where my thoughts were around it was: Do you think we might try and make a few free transfers to save funds for absolutely where's needed? Yeah, I think we will. I think I think we are going to struggle to compete against some of the some of the other clubs really to attract um, players from the Premier League. Um, so yeah, I, I can see us looking up Europe. Um, I mean, I'm I'm struggling to see. What what a player in the Premier League? What what the, what the real draw is to Leicester at the moment? Um, you know, there's a big question mark there over over Brendan and who's going to be sticking around. So, yeah, it, it'll all depend on on what we can offer offer uh, players to attract them. Well, there's been some Championship players that have been touted for us, haven't they, as people yeah. to develop and. Maybe they say we'll go back to Ligue 2 in France and, and look at uh, unearthing another Kante or Mares or whatever. So 
I, I don't think we'll be signing superstars like Berardi or anyone of that ilk. We can't afford it, you know. Yeah, I would agree. Keen Lewis Potter is one that's been mentioned there quite a few times. He's a right winger, stroke striker at Hull City. That's uh, I think he's only nineteen or twenty, but he's played particularly well uh, over the course of the last couple of seasons. That's almost like the Jared Bowen fit, isn't it? To to go in and get that that profile of player. That's what we're looking for, really. Aidan, you are our European football correspondent. Not not that you know that, um, but have you got your eye on anyone that you'd like Leicester to bring in this summer? <laughs> Pleasure's on. Um, I think a, a big thing for me is just being aware that um, some of like our main men, you know, the situation with someone like Jamie Vardy, Johnny Evans, you know, how much of them are we going to see next year? You know, so if if you could have a crystal ball now and so or someone could tell you that that Vardy's going to miss half of the season um, through injury, that Johnny Evans are, is going to have big spells out again. Um, would would that influence? You know, we've spoken about not bringing in a striker. You know, are are, are we happy to to put all our eggs in the Pats and Daka basket? Um, I think that probably the question is a bit more again in central defence. If Sonchi moves on, um, I just don't think we can rely on Johnny Evans to be fit for for eighty or ninety percent of the season. You know, I think I think at his age and with his injury history, um, he'll be he'll struggle. He'll miss big spells again. So I'd like to see a, a top central defender coming in. Um, you know, someone who's a bit more proven. I think it's a, a risk to play another young guy uh, alongside Fofana. Um, we've kind of seen at times how Evans has had that settling effect um, on Soonshu and Fofana. So I'd be careful about getting someone who's a bit unproven um, next to him. Um, yeah, there's no one really sticks out. I would mention that uh, Chengiz Under um, scored, just in terms of people who have left us, he scored for Marseille on Saturday night for the, for them to finish second in France and go into the Champions League. So we'll, we'll be seeing Chengiz um, playing Champions League football on our screens next year and probably probably laughing at us. But there you go. Yes, Barry. I, I, I looked into this today and I was thinking of like players that you could get from the Premier League Teams, like granted, a couple of them will be relegated players, and you you maybe giggle at a couple. But I thought about Phil Jones going to Leicester. Mm-hmm. I thought that I thought that'd be a decent signing. I think like you could get him. You could probably get him cheap. You guarantee him like game time. Um, Tarkovsky, of course. I I just think you're going to get pipped on wages with that one. Um, do you think we need two centre backs if uh, if Siunku goes? Do you think we'll bring someone yeah. in? Anyway, and then maybe Dan Amati would really become a, a bit part player. Well, well yeah, Vestigard isn't good enough. Evans, I, I don't know, he might have to keep away coming to an end. If his injuries are taking that long to, to heal, um, I think your midfield's a big issue. I think Ndidi may go, and I think um, Yuri will definitely go. And there's, there's, a, there's players out there, like I think Milner could do a job. I don't think he's a starter, but he could do a job. I think Romeo of Southampton would be a really good signing for you guys because they, they, he can play as a one. And I think that sometimes we've got, you're... We've not got a good record with signing players from Southampton. <laughs> <laughs> but but he's, 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 that, he's that good, that I think. Because then you could play Madison in the middle with KDH and they'd be more attacking them too. Um, Loftus-Cheek, you could probably get him too. Um, but I, I, again, Lukeman, I, I see the praise again, Lukeman, but there's... There's players you could probably get 
like they've been relegated instead, like Cor- the Cornet or Corny uh, Ishmael Saar. I don't know how much he would be going for. Craig Cathcart. Do I- <laughs> I can't believe we've just said Milner lost his cheek Cathcart they've just come out I actually agree with Phil Jones though Barry I do uh, I do think he, he's likely to go and play someone without pressure next and uh, and you know really perform um, yeah. Dwight McNeil is he another one? Nah I don't think so I like we we get rumoured with him I, I'm I, I don't know I I, I I'm not into him. I don't like him. Everyone says he's got pace and he doesn't. Um, I think he's a good cross to the ball, but that's that's about it for me. I, I would I would be underwhelmed for me or for Jesse, Villa or for Leicester Town. Jesse Lingard, free transfer. He'll probably yeah. go West Ham, wouldn't he? Yeah, or Newcastle. I don't I don't think that's a signing for Leicester. It'd be wasted money. Yeah. Not not yeah. our profile of player, really. I don't think. No. One thing's for sure, though, we've got an interest in someone coming up, but. There's been no uh, thought on anything other than a rebuild this season. So that says to me that maybe four or five are going out and the same amount are, are coming in. But I just wonder how much of a budget that's going to be going to be done on. Listen, if anyone's listening, they've got any thoughts, drop us a, a tweet, drop us a message and let us know who you think we should be going after this summer because it's great to have your views when you listen to the, to the show as well. So, yeah, at uh, Mark Manderfield on Twitter or it's 11, it's 7 for JV4 on Facebook, they're the places to go. Guys, that is us done for the whole season. We've wrapped it up. We've had a eighth place finish, semi-final of the European Conference League and Charity Shield winners. Before we go tonight, what does success look like for next season? Steve, I'll start with you. We'll do a bit of a round robin on this one. I think we've got to be challenging for Europe, which we haven't been for much of this season. We've been uh, lower mid-table for too much of it and have a good domestic Cup run, whether that's League Cup or FA Cup. Tom, yeah, it's you know with with the uh, rebuild, I think it's ever so difficult to to talk about pushing right up into the sort of top six. I don't think it's nailed on at all. Um, so a good cup run would be would be nice with a trophy at the end of it. Put this to you, Aidan, uh, as I come to you. If we finished eighth next season, but we didn't have the issues. Uh, of injuries so we didn't have the issues of conceding from set pieces and we played some good football but actually the sides around us have improved as well let's say that happens would you be satisfied with eight again next season? Um, and what did you say about the Cups? Would we have a Cup run? I think if there was a semi-final I think if there was a Cup semi-final or we made the quarter-finals of both Cups that would be acceptable yeah I think we need to be in the quarter-finals of, of the domestic Cups at least, and finish yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I think I I would accept that. I'd be disappointed, but I'd probably be realistic and say, you know, you know, FA Cup win and the Premier League win 2016 have have probably um, got you know inflated expectation, and, and eighth is acceptable um, with with cup quarterfinals, hopefully semi-finals, but would be disappointed, you know. I want to see us qualifying for Europe again. I want to see us getting the, the seventh spot uh, and at least getting the Conference League. But I do accept that, you know, that sounds a bit entitled. Yeah, I guess we're a little bit like that. Barry, what about you? What do you see Leicester doing from the outside next year? Do you think we, we um, could take a step forward again? Um, well, yeah, depending on, on who you recruit. Um, uh, I think it might be down to other teams, unfortunately. 
Um, I think, I think the you, you, if that I tell you what was interesting about that um, that graphic you put up on social media, just showing teams going up and down, up and down, up and down. There was only really three teams by the bottom three that weren't doing that. Um, and I think I think teams will gamble this summer. I think there's going to be heavy spending. Um, I think West Ham will, Arsenal have to. But they, they're like you, they need to clear out to get that money. Um, I think Conte, he's pretty um, pretty clever in the market. He'll make them stronger. West Ham, us, Newcastle. Um, I don't know. I, I, think, I think Europe through the league is going to be a stretch. I think it's going to have mm. to be have to be a cup, I think. Um, but hopefully, hopefully I'm wrong for you, unless it's Villa's expense. Mm-hmm. The, the one thing we have got in our favour is that we've got all these young players that have got another year under their belts, so they should naturally get that a little bit better, hopefully, next season. So, UKDHs, Barnes, um, Madison even, maybe he could take his game to another level. For Fauna, I'm not sure how much better he can get, because he's, uh, he's outstanding. Um, James Justin, back from injury and fit, you talk about all those couple with some new players. Maybe we have got reasons to be excited. And I guess time will tell on that front for us. And it's probably a nice place to finish for the end of this season. <clears throat> but thank you to everyone that's listened. It's been great to have you with us, boys. Thank you for your help this season and getting the show going uh, and, and continuing uh, in some more record numbers. So appreciate your, your time and your effort as well. But that's another episode and another season of It's 11 at 7 for Jamie Vardy. We'll speak to you again. Maybe in the summer we might come back with a a transfer show, but if not, it'll be early next season. We'll speak to you again soon. Network.